Meet Greg and Kristen Taylor. I believe in this great country of ours, and I believe in freedom. I love when people kind of know our family Mm because we've talked about them so much. Get to know them more at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. They always have great conversations. This is Winning Retirement Radio. Hey, thanks for being here. If you like what you hear, by the way, rate us and share our podcast with friends and family that might like it, too. So much to talk about a brand new rule from the Biden administration that I wasn't aware of until Kristen shot me a text the other day. Mm -hmm. Before we get to the recession talk, what's happening with the Fed, I feel like there's two companies we mention in every single show, McDonald's or Disney. I know. It just never fails, does it? Well, if I know it's up your alley, I'll mention it to you and Greg. But hey, wait a second. Speaking of which, tell our listeners what Greg's up to this weekend. He's not at Disney. Now, that would have been funny. (laughs) He's at an event with a group of colleagues where they share ideas about investments and and all those wonderful, wonderful things. I told him I was not going because we just got back from Arizona Mm -hmm. And I could not be gone that long from the kids. There's too many moving parts. Why is it mama's got to keep all that together? We just do. (laughs) Although he was really very sweet. On Sunday, he helped me get all the laundry in order. He folded everything. I went to the grocery store. He helped me put everything away, made sure everything was set for the week. So that was helpful. Something you guys had in common well before you knew each other is you both had a stint working at McDonald's at some point in your youth. Yeah. But you still get those McDonald's hankerings from time to time. I don't know if you saw this, but they're making a series of small tweaks to improve their burgers, which I got to tell you, whenever I go looking for some crap food to eat, McDonald's (laughs) isn't what it used to be. So, yeah, let's give this a shot. The buns are going to be softer. The cheese gooier, onions will be added to the patties right on the grill. All sounds good. And the Big Mac sauce, more of it. I remember how to build every sandwich. I literally could go behind the counter on a grill and build it just like I could 25 years ago, 20 (laughs) years ago. The buns have been an ongoing issue for 20 years, must be, because they get dry when they toast them. And when they first went to the new toasting mechanisms, they had trouble with that. So they went back to steaming the fish fillet buns. Did you ever get a fish fillet? Uh Uh-uh. So anyway, (laughs) the Big Mac sauce is the biggest problem I see here because Uh they can't figure those sandwiches out as it is. Big Macs, that's kind of our Mm -hmm. junk food we get. And I can tell if they didn't put the right amount of pickle and onion. I can tell if they didn't. I mean, smells an island dressing, right? But it's a sauce gun that you click, and it puts just the right amount on there. But sometimes they put two clicks, which puts too much. So they're probably trying to solve that problem. And see, I'm nerdy now. I know way too much about McDonald's. Riddle me this. (laughs) Was the Quarter Pounder with cheese always available as a deluxe? Because I saw that the other day, and I was like, okay, I'm not mad at this. There's lettuce, tomato, and mayo. It's gone back and forth. You wouldn't have. Golly, we could do a whole show on the evolution of McDonald's. Yeah, and Columbus is a big test market. So anything new gets tried here first. Mm. This is one of the cities they test in. Interesting. We are not going to test you on anything, but we are going to offer you the chance to test your retirement so that you understand each layer of that burger that is your investments and eventually your retirement. You may find out the little squirt gun with the sauce isn't uh, spitting out as much as it needs to (laughs) or that you can add a little more meat to things or you have more meat than you thought. You just never know. 
So, Kristen, based on what I'm hearing and seeing, a handful of pundits and economists are predicting a recessionary period to hit this quarter or next quarter. And many have been debating over whether we're heading into or already in a recession for probably a year now. So what do you think? I mean, you've been in financial services for quite a long time. Do those near and in retirement need to approach their finances differently based on what you and Greg are seeing and reading? Well, yeah, I mean, everything you mentioned there is what's making that feeling, that uneasy feeling that you're getting, those of you listening today, that's what's causing it because we really don't know. We've had so many different versions of the story between how, you know, inflation's panned out. You remember the whole, it's just transitory of yes. that conversation. And you called it, that from go that that's not a thing. Come on. I did. I'm going to put my feather in my cap on that one because <laughs> there was no possible way. Well, the same conversation holds true when it comes to the recession. And just a couple weeks ago, we had our chief investment strategist here in town mm-hmm. to speak to our clients about what the economy was doing right now. And his general consensus is that maybe the end of the year towards the beginning of 2024 we'll see the recession hit is what he's seen from his research and, okay. and he, you know there's no way to have a crystal ball to say exactly for sure but if anybody w- did i mean none of us would have a job <laughs> well yeah exactly i mean we'd all be millionaires because we mm-hmm. time the market just right right but what's interesting is when you start really peeling back the surface on the recession there's just too much of a conundrum going on. There's too many things that don't coincide with each other during a typical recession. And that's why the economic pundits aren't really sure how it's going to hit. So when you look at employment numbers, you know, that's been kind of the key thing that we're looking at as we move through the economy and and understanding what the interest rates are going to do and all that. So we're seeing that there's some categories that are actually seeing increases in employment, increases Hmm. in wages, and that's totally counterintuitive to what we need to see happen for the economy to cool down, right? And Hmm. for inflation to slow and stop the fast pace that it's been moving at. So for instance, pilots, Hmm. right? There's been a shortage. So we're seeing increases in, in job postings. We're seeing increases in pay, trying to get them on the job. We're seeing that in other areas too because nursing, nursing, we, we had such a fall in employment mm-hmm. during COVID. We're still trying to replace some of those jobs that we need to be filled and we need them not to be filled because of the economy and because of inflation. So it's this cycle, right? True. But I remember pre-COVID, there was a nursing shortage and a pilot shortage because it's not what it used to be. You're pushed to the limit. And so I get it. It's kind of an art that other generations aren't wanting to take up as much, I guess. I think we're going to see a lot of that over the next, you know, six months to maybe even nine months or a year like we're seeing from this article. But the general idea is to remember that what matters for you and your finances is your personal economy. So what can you do personally to combat some of these things if you're still working then, you know, you need to be saving as much as you can to offset some of the losses that maybe you've experienced in your 401k over the past year or two, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. If you pulled out when the market was down and didn't put it back in in time, you may not have recouped a lot of those losses you took when COVID first hit. So you really want to start assessing that, making sure that you know 
what you're invested in. If you're retired already, making sure you understand your portfolio and really doing an assessment from there to see if there's changes or tweaks that can be made to help. Now, nothing will prevent downside risk if you're in the market. You have right. to understand that. You're going to have some risk, but understanding what your number truly is is important. Greg and our team of fiduciaries can go through and see exactly what you're invested in, test it, make sure it matches what your capacity for risk is. And then you just go from there to start building a plan to make sure you understand what your possibilities are for the upside and downside and seeing if there's any tweaks to be made so that you can be a little more secure moving forward and understanding what the different types of economies, the different business cycles are going to mean for you and your finances. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Just know that this type of planning is done on a level that is complicated, but it's broken down into simple terms if investing is not your thing or if you're one of our loving engineers and you really want to break down all the charts and graphs our fiduciaries can do that too you can always connect to us by visiting legacyretirementgroup.com i have mixed feelings about this next part of our conversation it's an article from yahoo finance and they say these are the five big money purchases you'll probably regret in retirement one is an in-ground swimming pool. The second is your child's wedding. A timeshare. Eh, yeah, mixed feelings on that one. Exorbitant travel expenses. Mm, I'm going to argue that. See, I knew we'd be on the same page about some of this. And life insurance, which I'm going to oh. defer to you on that. Are these purchase regrets people have when they're in retirement? Have you seen this in the office? Some of them, yes. For instance, in-ground pool, it costs money and it causes more work. So if you're not mm. wanting maintenance, then I would say don't get a pool because I can tell you from a homeowner that's had two pools now. So the first one <laughs> Greg put in at our old house and this one that we have at our current home was already there. And there's always something to deal with. Just last week I opened it and it's just a couple hundred dollars to open it. But then there's a filter that needs mm. fixed. There's worms all over the place we got to <laughs> clean out. There's... My water bill is going to be, oh gosh, know, gosh, it's going to be expensive. I can't even think of what it's going to be. However, if you're okay with the expenses, if you go into it knowing that they're going to be there, and if you get a pool that's low maintenance, salt water is more in low maintenance. I love a salt water pool. Yes, mm. that's what we have now. And it, it you still have to put chemicals in it, mm -hmm. but it's lower maintenance. Mm -hmm. Then I would say do it. It's fun. Enjoy it. Most importantly, whether you're a parent or grandparent listening, the kids are going to want to come over and play because you got the pool and they'll wear themselves out doing that. That's why I probably won't downsize when my kids leave home because I want them to come back to my house. <laughs> hey, there you go. I love it. Yeah. The next one on the list was a child's wedding. And that one I'm kind of in between on. Well, you've got a 15-year-old. And it's a boy, so I don't have that many, you know, I don't traditionally. Know. Everything's traditionally. different now. <laughs> who knows yeah. what's paying for who? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Kristen, you're playing the role of Greg Taylor right now. It's the truth. The rules I change don't. on everything. I don't know by the time he's wanting to get married where we'll be, but at the same time. Yeah, how does etiquette work on all that? Sadly, Emily Post is not standing by and ready to update the etiquette on this in her book. <laughs> Because etiquette in general seems to be a thing of the past. Okay, we digress. But the costs are exorbitant. I mean, like $30,000 is the average. I think that's low. 
honestly. I mean, if you're having a big wedding, you're paying more than that, more than likely. Because I know photography fees a couple thousand, videographer, if you do that's a couple thousand, flowers a couple thousand. I mean, it's like thousand here, thousand there, thousand everywhere when you're paying for things for a wedding. So I would say that that's an area that you should really kind of come to an understanding mm. with your children first and say, okay, we're going to give you X amount of dollars you and you decide what wedding you're going to have. So for instance, let's say it's $10,000 you want to give them. Then more than likely, they're not going to do an all out big hoopla mm -hmm. of a wedding. They're going to, they're going to be reasonable with their expenses. They're not going to buy a $5,000 gown. You know, they're going to mm -hmm. maybe buy a little economical of a gown or, you know, a little, a little bit more economical. Whoa, 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 stop on the gowns. Do you hear about David's bridal? Yes, going out of business. I read that something like 25% of American females get the <laughs> dress from there. So, I, Well, as soon as I saw that, and we're just going to totally hijack this segment, but as soon as I saw that article, I thought, where are women going to get their bridal gowns from? Because that's really the longstanding mm -hmm. Walmart of wedding dresses. And, now, the dresses are yeah. beautiful, but I'm just saying, like, that's where you go. Well, I've never <laughs> had a bridesmaid's dress from there that I've enjoyed. That's all I know that I can well, tell you. Well, I mean, you. have you ever enjoyed a bridesmaid's dress no. in general? But if you were having a low-key wedding, you could do a low-key dress. Simple look. Or it'll help the local economy. We've got lots of True. dress shops. I think there's two right here in Dublin, wedding, maybe three wedding dress shops here. So back to the list. What's the next one? A timeshare. Now, okay. I would never do this. I can't sit through and listen to somebody try to sell me that long. Uh -uh, uh -uh. So that's where I'm going to say this could be a major regret for a lot of people. Okay. Um, because I think it's an emotional purchase that happens when they buy timeshares a lot of times. That's my experience. Now, Greg and I, we are Disney Vacation Club owners, but we took three years deciding it we actually took too long we should have done it sooner because we do go every year and it mm -hmm. would have paid for itself and been not a problem however we've seen clients there's one client i remember she became a client about oh it's probably been about 15 years ago and she had so many points at i think it was wyndham mm. that i want to say it was eighteen hundred dollars a month or something like that for her maintenance fees whoa yeah just a huge amount of points. So don't let people talk you into it. Make sure you understand it. We actually had a real estate attorney look over ours, John Joseph here in town, who we really trust and, and value his expertise. He's he's since halfway retired in Florida. I don't know that he even practices up here anymore, but he looked over our contracts. He didn't like it at first, and that's why we kind of mm. waited a while longer. And then finally we decided, you know what? I think it makes sense financially. So yeah, you definitely want to look into it, look at the financial side of it, look at the legal side of it. Some of them are really funky. They can get you, rake you over the coals. And then just make sure it's not just an emotional decision you're making on the spot. Don't let them talk you into it. Nothing you do from a financial aspect should ever be done under pressure. Hmm. You should be of sound mind and really understanding what you're doing. That includes financial advising as well. Well, what about exorbitant travel experiences? And I, I say this as a former travel agent's daughter that feels if I'm going to blow money on anything, it's travel because those are memories. So I don't agree with this one as a big money purchase you'll regret. I mean, I guess you have to afford it, though. I don't agree with it at all, Kristen. And here's why I'm going to tell you this story. It actually chokes me up when I tell this story. I think I told it on the radio after it happened several years ago. But we were at Disney Animal Kingdom. And it was shortly after the Pandora land or mm -hmm. world opened up. I actually don't know which one it's called, but 
the ride Flight of Passage. A lot of people call it the Banshee ride. Okay. And on this ride, you're on this little, it looks like a little motorcycle, but it's actually your Banshee. So you get on that and it's breathing. You can feel it breathing while you're sitting on it. Like its body moves back and forth like it's breathing. And and then when the screen lifts, you're, you're suspended over an IMAX theater and you it feels like you're flying hmm. so you can smell so you're flying over this dirt field you can smell the dirt you fly over water water sprays your face you fly into this cave and it's real fresh and cold like air blows on you it feels cold like a cave would feel all the senses all of them are had during this ride so we're getting off this is after we went to the grand opening of it we went to the media opening so it was after that and this family gets off and it's it's an older lady and gentleman and they're in tears oh and I said did you enjoy it because I cry every time I write it just about and I'm not an emotional person that's Greg yes that's true <laughs> and she said I am just so blessed that I got to experience this with my children and grandchildren she had her five children and I want to say it was like 10 children with her on this trip mm. and they all got to experience this ride together you can't put a price on that. And that's a big trip for that many people. Mm -hmm. That was an exorbitant trip. That's like a trip to Europe for yeah. some families. But for you listening today, it might be going to Nashville. It might be going to, you know, Hawking Hills. It might be going across country. Whatever your big thing is, whatever you want to experience, there doesn't have to be a dollar amount attached to it. The experience is priceless. And we get so wrapped up in what's going on in the news and what our 401k is down in and what account do I put my money in to make more money that I don't want you to lose sight of what really matters in life. Mm -hmm. It's your time and your health. Those are your two most precious commodities. Mm. And the time that you can have and the, the memories you can have when you experience trips are just priceless. Here's the thing, though. If you want to take the trip or you want to pay for your child's wedding or any of the things we listed there, you know, that's your plan. That's your life. That's the money you've worked hard to mm -hmm. save. However, as your financial advisory group that you've decided to partner with, we're going to work with you and say, OK, here's the money you saved. Here's your goals you're trying to accomplish. This is what you need to do to get to those goals. And so we're going to walk with you hand in hand. Greg and our team of fiduciary advisors is going to look over everything and make sure that you're being as efficient as possible in order to achieve those goals. I love that. It's your money listening. You've worked so hard all these years to save and invest it. Yeah, you should be able to spend it the way you want, but have somebody, a team to go to that has a written plan for you that can say, well, if you do that, then this, that, and the other. Totally up to you, though. And then you can adjust accordingly. Last one, real quick, is life insurance a big money purchase people will regret in retirement, you think, Kristen? Well, you know, I think anything you buy that costs money that you don't really reap benefits from makes you feel like you've wasted money. However, you know, if it serves a purpose at the time, the purpose of life insurance is to protect your way of living, not to harm it. So if you bought term life insurance while you're in your working years to cover your debts, like your, your mortgage, other debts you might have to cover you or your spouse's income, I don't see a problem with that. And I don't look at that as wasted money. I look at that as something you did to protect your family. Mm -hmm. And then there's other types of life insurance, like whole life, universal index life insurance. And those get more into the nitty gritty. And that's where you have to make sure you understand what you're looking at. Don't make an emotional decision. Make sure you're not being pressured into buying it. Life insurance is notorious for that, for having salespeople really 
nail you down and try to get you to make a decision out of being afraid. So as long as you're making the decision because it makes sense for what you're trying to achieve, then I don't have a problem with the life insurance purchase. It's funny, we started the show talking about the changes McDonald's is making to the Big Mac, including, you know, adding more sauce. But there are also big changes happening in D.C. that affect your bottom line. As of May 1st, a new rule from the Biden administration could impact you if you're buying a home. Did I find out about this on the news? No. From a text from Kristen Taylor. (laughs) And from what I read, girl, in the Wall Street Journal, the rule is going to force good credit home buyers to pay more for their mortgages in order to subsidize loans to higher risk borrowers. Some in the financial world are predicting home buyers with good credit scores above 680 will pay about $40 more each month on a $400,000 loan, or more depending upon the size. But high-risk borrowers will likely find lower fees and better rates than they would have qualified for before. You know, I'm all for giving people a hand up, but... Well, when I first saw the headline, I literally texted Kristen. I took a screenshot of the article, texted it to her, didn't even read it. I was just fuming after I saw the (laughs) headline. So let me get this straight. We're going to make people who may have trouble paying for debt, we're going to make it easier for them to acquire to add the debt. more debt. Mm-hmm. And so then we're going to assume they're going to pay that debt then. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, then lo and behold, when I read the article, the FHFA director, Sandra Thompson, actually says that. She says, with this rule, it will increase pricing support for purchase borrowers limited by income or by wealth. The Biden administration may want more homeownership, but selling people houses that they can't afford has never been a good idea. Hello, okay. 2008, I was there, weren't you? Right, so <laughs> so here's the other key. Remember, high rates, mm-hmm. we're, we're dealing with those right now because we want essentially a recession to happen to get inflation under control, right? Well, the Fed does, yes. The Fed does, right? Since last April, we're up 9% in rent. What does rent have to do with home buyers? Well, when rents. Uh, Trick question, Kristen. Yeah, what I was going to say, I don't know. Here's the problem Who owns the houses that are rented? People with good credit. Ah, uh, that's true. So now, as these people buy housing or they buy, I don't know if it goes into commercial property, I'm, I'm not sure how that works, but you're going to start seeing these rents go up, even just the neighborhoods where we saw those homes being bought up and now rented out. Mm-hmm. Who's being affected? The middle class, yet again, yet again. It's true. It's crazy what ideas. I don't know if they sit around a round table and just think, (laughs) you know what? What ideas can we throw out to screw up the economy today, you know? And I don't think that's a right or left way that politicians think. I I think they're all. I didn't mention anybody. Exactly. I mean, the (laughs) Biden administration's doing this. No, we don't agree with it. And it went into effect May 1st. If you haven't seen this article, go check it out. Know that if you go to our website, you can submit a request. We're happy to send over this article from the Wall Street Journal just so that you're more informed if you are thinking about buying a home in retirement because a lot of times you sell your home, you downsize. A lot of times you decide you want a second home. 
Be in the know by listening to this show and also reach out if you have questions. Connect anytime at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with the competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.